What's up everybody? This is Tanner from TamanBaseballFan.com. Today we're going to talk about something uh, that I think needs to be talked about today uh, now more than ever. And that is building something amazing by finding your niche or niche. I've heard it both ways. Um, in this hobby of ours, we've had a lot of twists and turns in the past year and a half. Um, a lot of highs, not a whole lot of lows. There will be lows. You know, don't get, you know, uh, don't, don't, don't mistake this, uh, this hobby to be nothing but highs. There will be lows, um, but we've experienced a lot of highs. And so with this, we have garnered a lot of interest of other people that want to come into the hobby and make money, which is fine. There's money to be made. There just is. Uh, but, uh, there's also a lot of people that are coming into the hobby because, uh, they want to rekindle something from their childhood and, uh, man it's exciting uh it's fun to be able to meet these new guys that come in for the first time as well as uh to come back to the fold so to speak after you know in some cases a number of decades uh i've enjoyed getting to know some of these folks and uh here's what i see for a lot of guys and uh this is kind of who i want to help for the most part and i hope this helps you as well even if this doesn't uh, describe you, but I see a lot of guys get enticed uh, by the new shiny stuff and by the several thousand dollar uh, super fractor cards out there that they have chances to hit if they enter breaks or razes or uh, you know boxes and cases themselves. And before I go any further, let me you know, tell you what a RAS is, by the way, because I might have just used a term that you're not familiar with. So, um, on social media, there's a, there's a way for somebody to basically uh, post a card, and let's say it's a, I don't know, a patch card of a 2008 Triple Threads King Griffey Jr. for $300, and it's a you know, out of five or something. I don't know, just an example. Uh, what somebody could do is they could set up a RAS, meaning they can have, uh, uh, say, 10 spots for sale. And these spots will be $30 each. So ultimately, the seller gets the $300 without having to sell the card outright to somebody. And 10 people have a chance of winning this card. A third party comes in and randomly selects uh, a number, one through 10, using a randomizer uh, online and uh, recording it so that way people could see. And let's say if you're number seven and, you, uh, and you're picked, well, congratulations, you won a $300 King Griffey Jr. card for $30. Uh, now, statistically speaking, nine times out of 10 for rouses, it doesn't work that way. You lose, <laughs> okay? So I don't wanna get people into these things, uh, especially if, they're, uh, if they may have a tendency to have a gambling problem. <laughs> but uh, anyways, people have fun with it and uh, people have fun with the, the box breaks, case breaks, opening up boxes and cases themselves, and so on and so forth. Um, but, and that's all fine and dandy. If you're really into that thing, then, then more power to you. However, I do ask this of you. Uh, I pose this question to you. 
do you feel like you have a lasting meaningful collection that you're building onto because of this? And some people, again, that answer is yes. In fact, there is nostalgia to be uh, established by opening up boxes or cases yourself and finding and hitting something amazing that just really hits the mark for you. Um, I think probably the majority of people out there are kind of aimless and might feel like there's a little bit of a, of a gambling uh, streak to them when they're entering these razes and opening these boxes and cases. And the excitement is all on the front end. They have this excitement of the possibility of what they could hit. Yet it's always met with disappointment well let's not say always but nine times out of ten it's met with disappointment and uh maybe even more than nine times out of ten when it comes to box and case breaks um so uh that's kind of frustrating and i remember my own experiences with opening boxes i think in uh, 2006 one of the first things i got um i think my folks actually bought me a box of 2006 Upper Deck Future Stars and uh, you know wildly beautiful cards especially compared to what I was used to in the past you know being 1991 Donners you know and uh, you know I picked uh, or I opened the box and I found uh, Alex Rodriguez numbered out 99. I was beside myself because remember I'm coming from 1991 Donner's Elite cards being rare, numbered out of 10,000. The only thing I kept thinking in my head was, which is the really good guy? Uh, is it Alex Gonzalez or Alex Rodriguez? I didn't know. And uh, so I looked it up. I go, oh, man, this is an excellent hit. Uh, and to be fair, back then, a card out of 99 was worth more than a card out of 99 would be now, typically. Um, but still fairly common back then um and so clearly uh if i were the one to have bought the box and sell the cards the contents uh i would not have made my money back and that rang true for me when i would open up boxes on my birthday uh triple threads allen and ginter i didn't do too terribly many of them sp authentic you know just to really kind of satisfy the the wax rip uh sweet tooth i had and uh i always you know i i i pulled a few good cards i pulled a uh tim lincic monograph at 2007 upper deck future stars which is a big deal back then i i pulled through strasburg mania 2010 bowman chrome purple uh strasburg out of 777 which was a big deal back then Pulled an SP Authentic by the letter uh, uh, King Griffey Jr. autograph. That's probably my biggest one. Um, but still, you know, only a couple hundred bucks. And so the, if you add up all those together and compare them to the amount of money I put into boxes, it was like nothing. And on top of that, I wasn't really, you know, collecting Strasburg or Lincecum or, you know, really Griffey even. I mean, it's just, you know, they're just good cards so like with all good cards you don't collect what do you do you sell them so ultimately I was left with nothing and I had this kind of directionless 
way to collect um, where I wasn't really collecting. I was just selling. And, uh, you know, so that was kind of, uh, um, you know, it, it was fun because you're making money. Um, but that's really kind of about it. So it wasn't until uh, I started uh, out to uh, super collect and Seiko that I really said, okay, I'm going to build something amazing here. And I found something wildly different uh, from uh, collecting by opening boxes to uh, collecting singles of what I was targeting. Um, is that the joy, the excitement was not all front-loaded. It was before the purchase and after the purchase. And it was satisfying, it was exciting, and I didn't get this, you know, sinking feeling of uh, not being able to get my money back down the road. So, uh, you know, that's kind of what I want to talk about a little bit. It's been, uh, it's been fun uh, collecting the way I have. I've been, never been uh, so satisfied or content as I am now with my collection. And uh, that's what I want for you. You know, I want for you, especially if you're uh, coming into the hobby for the first time or coming back to the hobby, or you're just feeling fairly apathetic um, and you don't really have a direction with your, with your collection. I'll tell you the benefits, give you some examples. Uh, you know, the benefit, one of the things uh, is for sure is just what I said before is like you have this excitement of the hunt, but then you also have this excitement and satisfaction of getting the cards and being able to know, in many cases at least, not all, not all cases, but in many cases that you'll be able to uh, make your money back more of the time it comes to sell uh, if you pay fair prices. Another benefit of this is um, if you're building something that is a, uh, uh, a certain niche, you're going to find that you'll become an expert in that area fairly quickly. Now, it's important to note this because when it comes to cards, there's so many facets of this hobby. It's difficult to become an expert in pricing everything. Um, you could have very few times where you run into somebody that can uh, understand the value of uh, you know, mid to late 80s prototype as well as uh, newer Bowman Chrome PSA 10 prospect autograph. Uh, that could also tell you the pricing accurately of, uh, you know, Ty Cobb uh, from the, you know, 1920s. So it, there's such a large spread. And so if you can find your niche, you'll be able to find, uh, find out for yourself that you can be, uh, you can become an expert in whatever field you want to go after. And that's kind of fun in and of itself because uh, there's the because of the learning curve. Once you get things down, you'll be able to figure out pricing very quickly, uh, which is great. That's the great thing about having the tools that we do online as well for researching uh, prices as well and getting involved in communities online and social media and everything uh, that have similar interests and tastes, that's kind of a way that you can fast track your knowledge on a certain uh, specific 
you know, type of uh, collecting or a specific niche. Now, there are a lot of ways that you can collect and find your own niche and all kinds of different categories. Um, I'll give you a couple examples, which uh, are fun and eye-popping and interesting to me anyway. Uh, one of them, I ran into a guy online uh, that actually collects uh, uh, players that have funny names. And, you know, he's pretty deep into it. Like, he's got a, <laughs> got a pretty vast collection of these guys with these, you know, kind of goofball names. And uh, it's kind of fun because he now is considered the odd name guy. So I think a lot of people will go to him uh, before anybody else. And, you know, if you see them all together, it's very impressive. Very impressive to be able to see something all together like that. Um, and, uh, you know, there's another guy that I know of that, uh, you know, collects uh, Pittsburgh Pirate cards. And you know, he's got all kinds of team sets. Like, you go to 84 Fleer, he's got it. You got 56 Tops, he's got all of them. Uh, you go back to the um, to the 30s, and he's got them. Like, it's just incredible. And a lot of times, these guys will spend the same amount on their collection, their hyper-focused collection, as uh, a lot of these box breaker guys will. And the box breakers will have, you know, boatloads of commons from their breaks in their closet that they don't that's not really doing anything for them so you know it really just kind of depends on what you want to do for sure um but anyways there's another guy that was on blowout he's shown his collection he collected uh reprint cards of hall of famers from tops that had signed and tops has done all kinds of different um reprint cards of Hall of Famers in the past and refractors and all that sort of thing and had the players sign them. So like, you know, for instance, you could have a, you know, Raleigh Fingers that looks like a 1969 Tops, but it's a refractor and they have Raleigh sign it. Um, you know, that's really cool. Or they'll have like Willie Mays uh, with a 51 Bowman refractor and a piece of jersey and he signed it or something. So there's a guy that um, on the blowout forms I saw that has like an incredible collection of these. and uh, he hit such a critical mass that he decided to scan them all and put them online. And he got all kinds of oohs and ahs off of it because it, it was just impressive. So, which leads me to another benefit of doing this is, um, you know, it, it gets your attention. You know, there's, uh, I think a lot of our hobby now, because it's so focused online, uh, that's a part of the hobby, <laughs> you know, like it or not, that's, that just is part of a hobby. And so the attention's good because people know to go to you, like I said before, with the guy that got the collection of the goofy names. Um, so that's nice, they, you stand out as the person. Uh, there's somebody online also that collects wood minis from Alan Ginter and Gypsy Queen. Um, he's known as the uh, mini wood guy, which is really cool. Um, and uh, you know, so you also can garner like a little bit of, uh, of a following that way online too, when you post these things and to be able to show everybody, Hey, take a look, here's what I have so far. Um, here's what I've done. And, uh, it's fun to look at for the audience. It's inspiring, uh, to be able to build something and, uh, you know, you can be proud of it. You know, it's really kind of a neat thing that you can, uh, 
that you have the ability to really kind of uh, set your own parameters no matter what it is, no matter what it is, and, uh, and collect that way. There's people that collect cards of players uh, that, are, uh, that have their same birthday. Um, for me, Tony Gwynn and I share a birthday, so that'd be kind of a fun one to, to go for because I love Gwynn anyway. Um, but, you know, there's just a lot of different ways where even like a, a single player, let's say it's Barry Bonds, but only Barry Bonds is a member of the Giants or only Barry Bonds is a member of the Pirates or just licensed or just non-licensed, uh, only on-card autographs, only patch cards. Uh, you know, so like there's so many ways that you could go about it. And, uh, you know, there's something to building a theme uh, that's interesting to everybody online, I think. Uh, and it gives you motivation the more, you know, kind of kudos you get, so to speak. Uh, but it's, uh, it's fun to be able to see other people building something amazing and working on them. And that's why you have so many people rooting for these types of people that are, uh, that are building something. I've experienced it. I know a lot of my friends have experienced it. And, uh, you know, it's just fun. It's just, it's a fun process. And because one thing that I think people uh, tend to forget is it's definitely, when it comes to collecting, it's not the journey or it's not the destination, it's the journey. Uh, and, uh, you know, the fun is actually building something meaningful. And uh, half the fun of that is really just kind of determining what you want to build and making sure that you are white hot passionate about it. Because there are some people that will start projects and are like, yeah, I don't really care about this, but it would be kind of cool. And then, you know, they, they don't go anywhere with it. But having the journey, going on the journey to, to build something amazing, to build something meaningful. Uh, you know, maybe it's something that you uh, love the 1955 Brooklyn Dodgers because they won the World Series that year and, and try and get all the memorabilia or whatever you have from there or maybe you find out that you have a relative that played baseball and you try to get everything from them uh, man it's just it's fun it's fun to see these things grow um, both as the collector and the audience and you know like I said you have an audience it's not just a you know, a mixed match of all these cards that you've pulled and you know, oh, this is cool, but it's mainly cool because it's it's valuable. Oh, this one's cool also, but that's, you know, only cool because it's worth a lot of money also. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think uh, I think there's a lot of uh, merit to, uh, to focusing on building something crazy um, and uh, building something awesome. And, you know, of course, a lot of it is, I always have to say this, but, you know, just be careful with your purchases. Make sure that you're... Uh, uh, spending the appropriate money based on number one your budget and based on also what those cards are worth you know because when it comes time to sell or break up or whatever you don't want to lose money on it or you want to be careful at least so uh, anyway so those are a few of my thoughts uh, I don't know I just uh, I've seen this in the uh, transformer community as well uh, where, you know, some people will have built like an enormous collection of all these guys and they've got like shelves and shelves and shelves of these transformers. I'm thinking, man, 
that looks like impressive. It's fun to look at. It's not something I would necessarily want to do myself, <laughs> you know, but uh, but it's fun to to see somebody build like an empire of sorts of, of their collection. And so Rich, uh, he's the the Wade Boggs uh, guy. He uh, he has his uh, Wade Boggs Tavern. I've had him on the show here, and we've talked, and uh, you know, I think last year or something. But uh, you know, it's like his uh, his man cave there is you know not something that I would want to do myself uh, for Kinseko stuff but I absolutely adore what he's done you know it's 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 so cool to be able to see and enjoy so I can live vicariously through him at least even though I don't want to do it myself and so that's another point is that your audience is not limited to people who would want to just do the same thing it's uh it's everybody everybody loves to see that stuff and and look at and everything and so that's also the way by the way that you can get uh interviews on podcasts and magazine spreads uh television spots so on and so forth i've uh, been fortunate to be able to have all of those uh done in the past and uh it's great it's it's fun it adds a whole other dimension to this hobby so uh, anyways, just a few things to consider. Uh, I would love to hear about your collection. Uh, if you uh, have like a certain niche that you've uh, that you've really kind of latched onto, and you know, so I encourage you to to post those online and and talk about them. And yeah, let's see what you have. So, anyways, I hope this helps you guys. Uh, I'm not really sure uh, if this will in any any capacity, but it's my hope that it does. And uh, let me know if you have any questions. Uh, I will be happy to, to answer and help. Thanks. Have a great day.